guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. I'm Jackie. And I'm Megan. And today we're interviewing one of my good friends, Haley Hatcher. Hi, Haley. Hi, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So I met Haley back in 2018 when I first moved to Chicago. She was working at Emmaus Ministries, the ministry that I worked with um, my first year here in Chicago. And I feel like Haley and I could actually do a podcast episode on working at that ministry sometime. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Just now thought about it. Um, Emmaus is super interesting. We worked with men that were victims of sexual exploitation. So actually we should do that sometime, Haley. Yeah, that would, I think that would be really interesting. We got lots of stories, don't we? We do. Um, <laughs> so Haley actually went to the same college as Megan, Moody Bible Institute. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. crazy because I'm sure we crossed paths, but we didn't really know each other. I know. Well. Yeah. I'd like but it's a small school, so I like I recognize your face. <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny because when I started working at my new job, I was like, "Oh, Haley, I'm working with a girl from uh, from Moody, Megan Bladel," and she was like, "Oh yeah, I know her brother." But actually, it's Megan's brother-in-law. So this whole time, Haley thought that Megan's husband was her brother, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, but anyway, enough small talk. <laughs> Haley, would you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. For some reason, I always find this to be the hardest question people ask me, <laughs> but yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I currently work um, at a school for students with autism spectrum disorder. I have a bachelor's degree in human services. Um, I'm working on a master's degree in theological studies. I'd love to be a professor someday. Um, I love punk music, cats, my family. If I didn't have a child, I think I'd identify as a plant mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a child, so I just identify as a mom. So. <laughs> a human um, mom. A human. I'm a human mom. <laughs> a super cute child, by the way. I love Aww. all the pictures that you post. He's yeah. got the most, he's just the cutest little face and he's blue so eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's adorable and can't really see it in that pictures but he has a little bit of a strawberry blonde hair it's really cute Aww. yeah he's my favorite so cute well yeah. speaking of your baby ransom <laughs> today we're talking about how motherhood affects marriage and Haley how old were you again when you got married I was 22 22 mm -hmm. so you got married young classic Bible school story. Met him at school. Yes, met him there. I have no idea what that would be like. <laughs> but Haley, did you always see yourself as being a mother someday? Because I know some women dream of it and some women, it's just not something they think about. Yeah. I, th I think as a young girl, I was given all these messages that I had to be a mother because that was my main function as a female. And I think for a while, I took the message to heart so much that I think I didn't really have any other options other than being a stay-at-home mom, which, which, don't get me wrong, is an awesome way for parents to take care of their families. Um, in fact, my husband is a stay-at-home parent. 
he works from home and takes care of my son. Um, but that I didn't see any sort of career as an option for a while was a, <laughs> says a lot about the Christian culture. Um, and so as a reaction to that, when I got older, I like, I didn't swear off motherhood so much or anything like that, but I did start exploring ways that my life could function without a husband and a kids. And I found that I really, I really found a lot of freedom by not tying my identity on waiting for that to happen to me. Um, I pursued schooling, wanted to be a counselor for a while. That didn't really work out. <laughs> um, joined ministries. And then when I met my husband, I was super scared of the possibility that I could have a kid. I just felt like I would never be prepared enough to be a good mother. I couldn't raise a child well or sacrifice all the ways that motherhood demands. Not to mention that I was super, super freaked out by pregnancy. Um, and I'm still freaked out by pregnancy, even though I've already gone through it. <laughs> um, but uh, God always has other plans, doesn't he? Because now I'm a mom. <laughs> I can actually tell that story right now if you want of how, how you're pregnant. Well, not the specifics, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can give us that too. We talk about the messy topics in life over here. So. <laughs> well, um, no, okay. <laughs> well, so when I got married, I was, again, I was super scared of being pregnant and the fear was really consuming. Like I just like did so much to figure out how not to get pregnant, use birth control, you know, just like every month when my period would be like, you know, a couple of days away, I would just be consumed with like, what if it's late? What if I'm pregnant? What's going to happen? And not really like actually answering any of those questions. Like anxiety usually do, does, you know, like you ask those questions, but you don't really give yourself like a, yeah, you, you like, if those things happen, it's not going to be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would pray to the Lord all the time for like the first nine months of our marriage, just like, please don't let me get pregnant. Please don't let me get pregnant. And like one day I think it was, it was in April. I was like, I, I had this prayer again, just like, please don't let me get pregnant. And the Holy spirit just like burned in my heart. It was just like, you need to let go of control. You need to stop like taking your fertility into your own hands and acting like God doesn't have a say in this and like God doesn't have a say in the the family that he's going to give you and you need to stop using birth control and I was like ha 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 like I just <laughs> didn't like you don't really know like I don't really know how to respond to that when the Lord gives you like a super direct thing to do you know like there's nothing else to do but to obey. So I st we stopped using birth control. And then two months later, I was pregnant. And I was so mad. <laughs> like, to be completely honest, I was so upset. But, um, but, you know, like, the comfort that I had was that the Lord gave me a directive, and he told me it was time, and it was time, you know, and, and, and when the Lord says something, it's time for something, like, you've got to trust him, because he has the control and he has the power to do what he wants to do. And like, he was telling me it was time to be a mom. And so letting go of that control and then, you know, the pregnancy, letting go of all of that anxiety and then actually having my son is, um, is another lesson in letting go of control. But that was definitely like 
that's kind of the story of how um, my mindset changed about motherhood over, you know, over the course of the last couple of years. Thanks for sharing that. Cause I yeah. just feel like a lot of, a lot of women have similar experiences, especially in those first few months of marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even look back at myself and um, you know, obviously I was a little different, um, but I kind of had this view of like, oh, well, it would be bad for me to like pray to not get pregnant or like to really like not want that. And so I just kind of like pushed it out of my mind. And then mm-hmm. like the first time my period was a little late, like all that anxiety just came like whooshing in. Yeah. And then there was like guilt because I was like, oh, am I a bad person? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, you know, and so it's just it's good to like just talk about those things and be like, you know, it's it is scary. It's it's something you've never done before. It's a really yeah. big thing. It's a lifelong commitment. Like right. it's if there's trepidate trepidation or caution or fear like that's human nature that's natural and it's okay yeah. and and I think there's a lot of guilt that comes with that because you know some women don't have that fear they're like hey great um mm-hmm. and so you can kind of feel like oh my gosh I'm just like a terrible person so I know yeah that's absolutely always like, vulnerable and- to share so thank you <laughs> yeah yeah and like especially when like the only reaction we get when somebody is pregnant is like joy and excitement which is good like I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that but like there are a lot of women who get pregnant and there's a lot of mixed feelings about like, how is my life going to change? How's my marriage going to change? Like what sacrifices do I have to make? Not like not only those, but like what, what kinds of ways are my body is my body changing in ways that I don't have control over right now. And, and that's a lot of loss of agency over your body and your life. And there, I think there's some grief there that we forget to, to address in a lot of, a lot of pregnancies. Oh yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of grace and I I just think it's beautiful in your story too, how clearly the Lord was just like, okay, now it's my time. And you were obedient, but there was still kind of that feeling of like, really God? Like (laughs) now? So, you know, as your mindset has shifted and changed, what is, you know, kind of looking back and like looking at where you are now, what is some of your favorite parts of motherhood? Um, the cuddling and giggles. Mm. I just, <laughs> you know, like just tonight, like 45 minutes ago, I was putting Ransom in the bath. We were having a good time and he kept standing up to give me hugs and getting me all wet and then getting back in the bath and then standing up to give me hugs. I'm just like, that, I mean, there's like an interconnectedness that, that parents and their children, especially mothers and their children have, that's just like not found anywhere else. At least I haven't found it. Like even in my own husband, like there's something, there's something really special about that relationship. And I just, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know if I have the correct words for it, but it's, it's mystifying to be able to like hold a human being in your arms and have them be completely vulnerable and completely reliant on you. And like the weight of that love and adoration, but also that responsibility, you know, and that, that fear that anything's going to happen to them, you know? Um, but I think more than that, I, my favorite part of motherhood has been that I've been totally blindsided by how it's changed the way that I understand the love of the father for both Christ and us. The, in second Corinthians, the, the God's called the uh, God of all comfort. And I think I feel that much more vividly than I did before 
when there's somebody who needs my comfort all the time, um, like my heart breaks for my son and I like, yeah. Uh, in, in Isaiah, there's this verse that says, um, that the Lord comforts like a mother comforts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel, I feel more connected to that heart of God for myself, which is really beautiful. Like when my heart's aching, I think about how vividly I feel for my son and say, how much more can the father love me mm-hmm. and, and care for me? Like I can't care for my son completely and perfectly, but the Lord can. Mm-hmm. And like, how much more does the Lord love my son? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I've always said and still strongly believe that the strongest love, human love, is between a mother and her child Mm -hmm. because, you know, she's the one that formed him or her within her womb and gave birth. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just so beautiful. And it really is a lens into the way that God views us because we are, you know, sons and daughters of God. Mm -hmm. yeah that's so beautiful um yeah and you talked about how pregnancy obviously really affects you and your body and your emotions (laughs) but something that I've never really even thought about but how did it affect your marriage both positively and negatively because you know before it's just you and your husband and now you have a little human that's also living with you (laughs) and that you have to take care of and yeah, that would have a big effect. So how has that affected your marriage with Elle? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell the difference between what's like from having a kid and what's just changing and evolving naturally. But I definitely think the major component that we've that we've shifted or changed in is communication, which is like I feel like a cliche <laughs> answer, but um like when you have a human being that you're trying to like take care of and make sure that they're alive and like nurture and raise, you really have to communicate in ways that are effective um, or you just fall apart. That's been such a process for, for us. Like who, who's doing dishes and you hurt my feelings and, Oh shoot, we got to go take care of baby. Never mind, Like, we can't talk about our feelings right now because we have a little one screaming or like the house can't be clean and that's bothering me, but like neither of us have the energy. And so just like that, like being able to look past the, like the practical things in life, um, in order to see the person, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, like, I think when we're in survival mode, which happens for, uh, if not like most, if not all parents of a newborn, like you tend to like focus on the small things, like the dishes aren't done or like the baby needs to be fed. And that's like, I think is a good thing. We need to get those things done. And, and then, but then we lose the people there. And so in that process of trying to like, find emotional balance within the chaos of practical things that we needed to get done. I think we formed a much more intimate bond that feels more like a teammate than it did like a sweeping romance. 
And I think that's such a beautiful, comforting thing. I don't know if that made sense. That felt like a ramble, but (laughs) just like we, because we have so many needs to meet, um, we've, we've coordinated with each other. We've become communicators and little things. And um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And uh, like, don't get me wrong. It's been hard, but, <laughs> but it's been good. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, and I, I love that it's developed into this really strong team mentality um, because, you know, I think a baby will definitely take you out of the honeymoon phase. <laughs> oh yeah. And a lot of times <laughs> in the beginning, it is kind of that sweeping romance. You're like, oh my goodness, like, we get to make breakfast together. Like that's so exciting. And, mm-hmm. but those things change, like you grow and you shift and, and, and that's not bad. In fact, it's good. And so mm-hmm. I love that for you, it's really grown or pushed you both into being teammates because mm-hmm. I think in the Bible, we just see that so beautifully laid out that that's God's desire for a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I know. So, okay. Motherhood always throws curveballs at you. And earlier you mentioned that one of your fears was just never feeling ready. So mm-hmm. how do you feel like you've personally changed or grown through motherhood? <laughs> I have changed a lot. Definitely a lot. I think, I think I've become more and less confident than I've ever been, which <laughs> feels kind of <laughs> silly to say, but like, I think something shifted in me when I became a mom that I just like, I don't care what most people think of me anymore. Like, I, I feel like I have this confidence that like, I am doing the best that I can. And that is all that I expect of myself. And so if anyone expects more than that, it doesn't matter. Like I, I am taking care of this child. I'm working working hard to be a good wife, a good employee, a faithful servant of the Lord. Like these are things that I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing well. And like anyone else that thinks otherwise, like that's fine. (laughs) And then like also more confident in my body, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I like assumed that because my body was going to change along with pregnancy and birth and postpartum that like, I was going to be really really just not very confident of what my body looks like but but I'm I really feel like pregnancy made me love my body even more and and really appreciate the things that it does Mm. um you know like creating a person (laughs) (laughs) like and you know like just the I feel like the the power of birth and, and that my body was capable of doing a feat that like, I never thought that it was possible, which is silly because like billions of women have done it before. But like, when you have a human being inside your body and you're like, okay, it's time to get it out. You're like, Oh, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't want to. And, and, and the fact that like my body did it and it did it well and it, and it, took over for me and and it did a really beautiful thing and um yeah I'm just proud of it I'm proud of the way that I you know that I went through pregnancy and and raising this kid and I'm doing well like so Mm -hmm. so there's the more confident the less confident part I think comes from just like again this this lack of control that Mm -hmm. the Lord's trying to teach me that is so 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 hard 
um, to let go. But like, I see a lot of the evil in the world and the like, just the dangers in the world and feeling like, how am I supposed to protect this child? How am I supposed to protect myself so that my child as a mom, you know, just like the, these, yeah, this lack of control over what happens to me and what happens to my son. Like, I think there's a difference between like being someone not unattached, but like not someone with a kid, like, um, and be, that sounds maybe insensitive. I'm not trying to say that people's lives don't matter or anything like that. I'm, I just have this, this little, little child that's vulnerable that relies on me. And it feels so scary knowing that like, there are mothers who die. That's, that's a little dark for a podcast, but I think it's, I think it's a, it's a real fear that a lot of new moms have just, um, yeah, knowing that, that your child needs to be taken care of and wanting to be there for them for the rest of their lives and, and knowing that you probably won't be. So, um, yeah, being not so confident in that. I, want to note my son was born two weeks before the pandemic shutting everything down (laughs) so (laughs) I'm already going through this major life change of becoming a mom but then suddenly now that I'm doing it in a state of isolation (laughs) it was just like feel like the world changed in my life but then also like everything was new and changed outside of my life Mm -hmm. and that I like over the last year I've changed and grown and some of the people that I love haven't been able to see that transformation Mm -hmm. because there's been so much isolation Mm -hmm. and that's been a I think that's been a really painful a painful period of time to yeah to change so much and not and know that my people that I love don't really know me anymore I think that's a lot of people who are moms too even not like even when they're not in a pandemic there's this inner transformation that like is really hard to articulate and so people can feel like strangers sometimes yeah yeah Yeah, I haven't like seen you at all since you've been a mom which is Really yeah, funny. And I thought I was thinking how you really haven't seen that many people at all since you've become no, a mom. <laughs> no, uh, I've seen uh, like two friends and my father-in-law. Oh, and I guess my parents did get to visit like the week before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. They got to meet him. So, but other than that, we've been, we've been pretty, uh, pretty much in this apartment. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. When you were talking about how like now as a mom, you worry so much about like your son and what will happen to him. I think motherhood involves a lot of vulnerability because now you're giving a little bit of your heart to like this child, like the decisions Mm -hmm. that they make and what happens to them has the great capacity to really affect you. And going back to what you said, it's almost a lens into the father's heart of how, because he gave us free will, like the things that we do really affect him. And he's given us a little bit of like 
that power. And that's really scary that another human being can affect you so much. And that's such a lack yeah. of control and something that when you're entering into being a parent, like a little piece of your heart is now in this other human that can go and do whatever they want and make whatever decisions mm -hmm. they want that will affect you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even more intense. Like when you're falling in love, you're giving that person the power to affect you. But I think it's even yeah. more intense in motherhood, which obviously I wouldn't understand yet hopefully one day <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that's something I hadn't really thought about and how that would change you as well a lot mm -hmm. yeah and again that like mama bear attitude of like this is my kid I'm only concerned about him and like if you think otherwise about me it doesn't matter like <laughs> that like overconfidence of of just like I I've got what I need here mm. with me. Like, this is my family. I love them. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And like everything else can fade away. Yeah. What are some things that you maybe thought would change, but didn't, or then things you didn't think would change that did. So maybe kind of some unexpected changes. Hmm. Um, to be completely transparent, something that I thought would change but didn't was my sex life. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's not. It's waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's not to say that like many mothers and fathers don't have to change the way that they approach sex physically and in their schedules. But like I had heard so many stories about like sex not happening for years or always being painful or you never had time and like they you know parents never had sex again and I was like well that sucks like I don't want that and I was so scared that like my body wasn't going to recover and we were never going to get back to that place but like we I I my body healed and recovered and we're back at it so <laughs> um that's that's I why don't... you say that because that's a huge fear i think obviously both men and women have going into having children they're like oh it's gonna ruin our sex life or I... ruin our intimacy and yeah yeah i think like if we had six kids there might you know <laughs> well maybe even two then it might be a little more of a an issue with schedule but like my we were very intentional about allowing my body to heal completely and and not rushing anything and then communicating about um any pain or or like ways my body had changed after pregnancy and birth and and be, I think because there was that patience and open communication there was no rush back into anything like my body honored that and and was able to heal and it hasn't I mean it's changed in some ways but like most like mostly the our intimacy has become even closer just because we are emotionally closer. Um, going back to that, like communication piece, we're, we're teammates. And so like being able to communicate is a huge part of sex. And like, because we're better at that sex is better. Maybe that's an overshare, but like, <laughs> I think that's a really important thing to, to talk about. Like, especially, especially like that, um, that period of time where your, your body is healing. I think a lot of women feel rushed and, and maybe not even by their husbands, but by this idea that like, 
men are men can't control themselves and if they don't have sex with you they're gonna go out and watch porn or they're gonna you know find it elsewhere but like give a spouse that is that honors you like they can wait for your body to heal and like you don't need to to make yourself be in a situation where you're in pain in order to like quote unquote please somebody and and keep them from straying like that communication piece of like I I'm not ready or I am ready is really important especially because like we see in studies that like if women are nervous about sex it hurts more so mm-hmm. like if you're pushing your body farther than it should go like it, not only is it going to hurt more physically but if you're nervous about it like it's going to hurt more so the next time you have sex even if your your body is healed if you're anxious about it it's going to hurt anyway and so like that rush is only going to hurt your sex life more and so like anybody i've talked to about um just that postpartum period i've just been like uh, you know like wait as long as you need to like your, your, your sex life is going to be fine. Like you're going to be able to, to, to get back into, you know, a, and maybe even a better place than you were before, but like honor your body because sex is, it is physical. And like, mm-hmm. if you're in pain, it's not going to be enjoyable and it's just gonna, you know, harm your sex life in the future. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad you like, are willing to share that too, because I, I, I definitely see that it's like a big fear for a lot of people. And, and I think that's just such good advice. You know, it kind of ties all of this in, you know, that one, like communication, hugely important in all areas of marriage mm-hmm. and in sex. And if you are communicating and you're building intimacy also outside of the bedroom, mm-hmm. then it will be so much better when you are able to be come back together because mm-hmm. you're on the same page and you Absolutely. are of one mind and of one body. And, and that that's ultimately like the goal as a married couple is it's mm-hmm. not to pressure or push the other person or, you know, feel scared or nervous or unsure. Like this should yeah, be something absolutely. that is a beautiful time of intimacy. And if it means waiting two months, wait two months. That's okay. Yeah. One more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, like sex, yeah. Isn't just about like doing your due diligence as a spouse or, you know, like, like, okay, I've recovered. So now I gotta, you know, put out or whatever you want, you want to say, but like, it's a, it's about that intimacy. And so if you don't build that intimacy and that communication, yeah, like you said, outside of the bedroom, like it's not going to function well, and it's going to harm the way that you communicate in the rest of your life, which is so important when you have a child, like being able to, to be open and honest and, and help one another, you know, run all of these logistical things but also like you know guide and nurture someone so I think it's it's all so connected and and if we don't you know again like if women feel like they can't honor their bodies because they feel as if the the church or the culture or even their husbands have given this them this message that like sex it has to happen and and because if it doesn't, your marriage is going to crumble, then like, there's a lot, there's a lot to come back there. And I, and I think it's really, it's a really harmful message. 
Yeah. And it also goes just back to what you were saying at the beginning, that teamwork mentality, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if this is, you're both a team and you're doing what is best for both of you, then that's going to look different than allowing the world or outside pressures to inform how you go about your marriage. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to, you know, I was thinking about that when I was preparing to, to talk to you guys, just like, there are all these expectations for what motherhood and what marriage looks like when you have a child. And like, it's going to look so different for different couples and different Mm. children. Like there is not a single way to get back into sex or to communicate about parenting styles or to, you know, whatever it is that you, you know, feel like you have this pressure to do it a certain way. There's just, there's just not a format that works for everyone. I think it's so sad when we get wrapped up in, in anything, not just motherhood and marriage, but just the way to be a Christian or the way to be a woman or, you know, any of the identifiers that we have that we think we have to fit exactly into a mold. It just, it's not feasible for everybody. So. What are some things that changed that you didn't think would change and were kind of a surprise to you? Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is again, that body image piece. Like I definitely think that I was going to be just the same old low self-esteem Haley. (laughs) And like, it wasn't that way. Like my body has changed in, in many ways, like my stomach is softer and my hips are a little wider and I have stretch marks across my stomach that don't seem to be going away. And, but I'm like, finding that I find a lot of beauty in that. And, and I know that that's not, that's not universal. There's a lot of, a Mm. lot of women who recently had a baby that have a really hard time looking at their bodies. But, um, I think there was this, so there was this, um, moment pretty early on in my pregnancy, not, I don't know, it was just when I was starting to show and my stomach was getting a little bigger and some stretch marks appeared. I was really nervous about them. I just, just felt really, I don't know, like, like I wasn't supposed to have stretch marks that like pregnancy was this like beautiful thing that I was going to feel like a goddess the whole time. (laughs) And like, you know, the, the, I felt like the maternity photos of the women with their belly showing and they have no stretch marks. Like I was just going to glow. And I had these like deep purpley stretch marks and my husband looked at my stomach and he got this like odd look on his face and he put his hands on my stomach and he said, our baby's growing. And it was just not, it's not the, it was not the reaction I thought I was going to get, you know, I thought he was going to look at my stretch marks and go, oh, wow, you know, what? like what's happening or, you know, just like mention how ugly they were. Not that I actually think that my husband would ever do that, but mm-hmm. just to like, his reaction was that this attitude that my body was doing exactly what it was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And like, there was this physical evidence of, of something, something that was happening internally. And it was doing, it was, it was supposed to happen. Like the baby's supposed to grow and my body is accommodating that growth. And I think that set a really good precedent for my, my mind that like my body does 
what it should, you know, it, it made, not should, my body does something really beautiful. It, it, it made this child, you know, it, it produces nourishment for this child. It move, you know, I get to move through life with it. I get to eat, I get to enjoy soft breezes and, you know, beautiful textures and all these things. And so like, I think that even though I had a pregnancy that was really, really hard on my body, like I, I think about that, that shift in my, my head was that and my mindset was that my body does what God intended it to do. Like it, it, it is what it is. And like, it's beautiful on its own. Right. Like I don't need to be tiny. I don't need to be smooth. Like these stretch marks are there for a reason. And they're a story. They're a story that I grew somebody inside of me, you know, and like these thighs tell a story. Like <laughs> I live on the second floor and I'm, my thighs are a little stronger. Cause I run up and down the stairs. Like, you know, just these, these little pieces of my body, they don't, they tell a story. They're not, they're not meant to be a certain size or a certain texture or a certain color they're meant to be exactly what they are because they have a function and so like that really shifted in my head like in my mindset after um, my son was born and like I began to take care of my body in ways that like I didn't think that I would ever enjoy like I've never <laughs> never liked exercise I am a hedonist to the core when it comes to food <laughs> just like like to eat whatever and I'm like finding myself really enjoying moving and working out and and eating well because I know that I'm taking care of something that God has gifted me with and that and that does really beautiful things I think the way that your husband responded also must have been so healing Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of women and I've had friends that have struggled with this that they're worried about what their husbands are going to think as yeah. they get bigger or after pregnancy that their husbands won't find them sexy anymore, or, you know, mm-hmm. want to be intimate with them. And the way that he responded is so, I feel like is healing and probably strengthened your marriage. I Absolutely. Absolutely. Like my husband is a wonderful, wonderful man. And he, I think he just accepts, I think in all things, just accepts them for what they are which sounds so simple, but like he like often, yeah. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Getting a little tongue tied. He during pregnancy often responded to my body in a way that was really simplistic and um, accepted it for the way that it was supposed to function again. Like, yeah, that was healing as I'm, as I'm getting bigger, as I'm changing shape, thinking like, I'm not attractive anymore. All I am is this incubator for this child. Like, you know, like, but really I'm a vessel. I'm a conduit. And like, my body is doing what it should. And like, it's creating, it's creating in, in the function that God created human life to be created. And so, yeah, like to be accepted for that role was really, yeah, it was really healing. You, you, you really hit that nail on the head I also just love the way you're talking about your body um and I know it's even convicting for me because we often are just so degrading towards our bodies Mm -hmm. and um 
just in the way we we think and talk towards our bodies is just very negative and mm-hmm. and even if you haven't gone through pregnancy and motherhood you know your body just changes throughout your life no matter who Absolutely. you are yeah and it can be really difficult to navigate those changes and i just love the way you're talking about that our bodies do a lot for us Mm -hmm. and appreciating, you know, our strength or appreciating the way our bodies keep us healthy or our bodies allow us to interact with people we love and things like that, I think is just Mm -hmm. so healthy because, you know, it, it really does seek seep down into our self-esteem when we're just talking so lowly about our bodies because our bodies are a part of us. We are our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're embodied creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're being that negative and harmful towards a part of ourselves, it's going to affect our emotional well-being and our spiritual well-being and all the parts of us. And so I just I love, you know, even for women out there who aren't going through pregnancy yet or never it's just so healing even just to hear that because Mm -hmm. your body will change. Like your little 20 year old body is not going to be your 40, 50, 60 year old body. And that's normal and that's good and that's okay. And our bodies change and shift, but they, they do so much and God gave them to us as temples for our spirits. And that's just so beautiful. So I I love the way you talked about that. And I think in particular for women, and I know this is getting a little off topic, we are told that our bodies should em- should embody our personalities. So like women are told to be gentle, so they have to have a supple, gentle body. Or mm-hmm. women are told to take up less space personality-wise, and so our bodies need to be smaller to take up less space. Or we're told to be, you know, any, any number of things. And, and our body is supposed to reflect that. And like there are women who are large and like, that's a good thing. That's an okay thing. And I think sometimes we internalize that there, that our largeness or our bigness is a reflection of our wrongness because we're not supposed to take up space. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think like for me growing up, I was, I was, you know, again, I think a lot of women are told like, we're supposed to be small and I was never small and my body was never small. And so like, I think this, the shift in mindset has given me permission for not only my body to take up more space, but for me to take more space. Mm-hmm. Like I can be assertive and my body can be assertive. I can be strong. My body can be strong. I don't need to be, you know, the, <laughs> the fitness slogan of like, a uh, being toned, but not bulky, you know, like we want to be, we want to be strong, but not too strong, you know, thin, but not too thin and, 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 you know, tan, but not too tan, but like, I can be what I am and my body can be what it is too. And I think like, there's that, yeah, we're embodied creatures and that's that there's that integral tie between the two of them that I think like, when we let go of the presuppositions of who we're supposed to be as people, we can start to let go of that presupposition of how our bodies are supposed to reflect that too. Or that our bodies have to look a certain way for the love of others. Like that Mm -hmm. our bodies have to 
reflect whatever society standards are to be seen and loved. And your experience with your husband is that you don't have to have this perfect cookie cutter looking body in a, in a healthy marriage in a healthy relationship. Like real love is not based around that. And I think that's something we also carry into our insecurities about pregnancy and why we're so worried about, you know, our bodies and how that will affect, you know, our relationship with our significant other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that cookie cutter person doesn't exist. No, you know, like mm-hmm. our bodies aren't supposed to be that because that literally nobody has that. Like we are all, we all have stretch marks and cellulite and, and pounds that we don't want to have. And we're too tall and too skinny and too fat or whatever you want to say, you know, we all have these pieces of ourselves that we don't deem to be acceptable, but it, it's, it's not just some of us, it's every single one of us. None of us exist in this perfect cookie cutter body. And so like this, this assumption that we're supposed to be that way is just unattainable. And it, it's so toxic for, for our mental health. It's toxic for our relationships. It's toxic for even just like our spiritual lives. God, why didn't you make my body the way it's quote supposed to be? And, and yeah, it, it affects so many different things and especially all of our relationships. Yeah. It really is like coveting a standard that is unattainable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I just love that when your focus, you're not idolizing that it's it, you know, it, that takes away so much, but when what you're talking about is true, when you're able to appreciate your body for what it is, then you're able to pour out love onto your son and onto your husband and onto the people around you without this burden that you're carrying mm-hmm. around, you know? And, and I just think that's, that's so life-giving to be able to just kind of like release that standard that's kind of been pushed on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. So as we kind of close here, what advice would you give someone who is either a young mother or maybe they're a soon to be mother or they're just thinking about it? What kind of advice would you give them as someone who's kind of going through that season of life right now? I thought about this question a lot. I've got a a rapid fire at you. (laughs) So first to any mom or dad, who's going to be a parent soon, just want to tell you that you got this. Psalm 127.3 says children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring, uh, or offspring, a reward from him. Um, like even the hardest moments, your children are there to be a blessing to you and you to them. If your kid wasn't planned, if you're nervous about what kind of mom you'll be, if you and your spouse don't see eye to eye, your child is still a blessing and you're still a blessing to them. Um, Like I said earlier, the Lord compares his comfort to the comfort of a mother. And that is a very special role. Even if it's something that you're nervous about, even if you're mad that God told you not to use birth control and you got pregnant, like you're going to be a blessing because you're going to be in the role of God, the father and that comfort that you can provide to another person. So just that, yeah, your nervousness is, is okay. And, and you can feel that way. And I feel, I still feel that way, but also know that like the Lord has perfect timing and that the role that he gives parents is such a special and beautiful thing. 
Um, the second thing, again, communicate your needs to your spouse as clearly as you possibly can. <laughs> they cannot know what you're thinking and you can't know what they're thinking either. So tell them what you need. And that applies for really any relationship, marriages without children, marriages with children, marriages or uh, relationships with your parents, your friends, whoever you like, you have to ask for what you need. You have to be upfront and you can't like just build up resentment in the back of your mind over like them not doing what you secretly hope them to do. It's not going to work. So like on a practical note, we made a schedule for caring for my son and, and the housework. So we split the night up, we split the housework up, um, into manageable chunks. And then if we couldn't do what we were expected to do, we would ask the other one for help. And because there was that expectation, there was no that like secretly hoping that the other person would take the task or the, or, you know, whatever was it needed to be done. There was this, you know, just like this happiness to serve the other person because that's what was expected. If that makes sense. Like, we knew when we were going to have time to rest and it was already scheduled that like this time is, is for me to rest and to, um, to take time for myself in order to pour out, um, for my family. And so like, because that expectation was there, like we felt a lot more peace in our, in our household. Like if we don't know what's going to be like, what our day is going to be like, it's chaos. Like we, we have to be able to plan for times that we know we're going to rest. Like I would go to sleep at night and I know that until 2am, like I had time to rest and like I had time to sleep. And so that's like my biggest practical advice. Um, just we, yeah, to be able to, to, um, to create that expectation for each other. And also to tack onto that, best advice I've ever been given. Remember, you see every single good thing you do. You don't see every good thing your spouse does. So keeping score is never accurate. You can keep score in your head, but it's not going to be accurate. And so it doesn't matter. Instead, creating expectations and communicate what you need is going to give you that balance um, of support and if, and, and then again, like if one of those needs that you have is that you can't have sex yet because you're still healing, like stand on that boundary. And again, painful sex is only going to further hurt your sex life post baby. So that was a lot. Um, <laughs> um, no, but that was all so good. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I think the mix of just practical while also realizing like everybody's a little different is just so needed, you know, like you everybody needs to communicate that's going to look a little different but i can say with certainty every couple needs to be able to communicate <laughs> in order to succeed <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um I, oh. oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say that i just appreciate your vulnerability and sharing all of this it's not easy to talk about body image and your sex life but i feel like any mother that's any new mother going through this, this is the stuff that she needs to hear to know that she's not alone and that these aren't weird things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to, 
one more one more thing to new moms is like I spent so so much time both while I was pregnant and then after Ransom was born that's my son I I don't think I've said his name yet his name is Ransom (laughs) after he was born asking other moms for advice but then not just like taking the advice for what it was but like getting caught up in what they're doing Mm -hmm. um and so like yes ask for advice but also like don't get caught up in what other people are doing versus what you do if it works it works for example my kid goes to sleep at 6 30 that's really early but he sleeps through the like well he doesn't sleep completely through the night but (laughs) he sleeps a long time and like it works for us he doesn't really nap during the day but it works for us talk to other people they're like you should move his bedtime no it works <laughs> we don't fold laundry in our house because um, my son just rips it out of the dresser and throws it all over the floor so we just stopped folding laundry we shove it in the drawers now it's messy <laughs> but it works <laughs> my son's never worn shoes <laughs> there are other moms who are like oh my gosh he hasn't worn shoes he's never going to be able to wear the shoes he's going to freak out I'm like I don't care it works <laughs> Now, if you want to put shoes on your baby when they're three months old, that's fine. It works for you. Like there are all these expectations and timelines for moms and kids. And most of them are super meaningless. Like, do you want to breastfeed? You want to bottle feed? Whatever. Like, are you healthy? Is your kiddo healthy? Do you feel like you're all getting what you need to do to live your life well? If so, that's enough. And if you're not, there are so many ways to get to that place. Like there are so many resources um, to lean on your pastor and your church family to pray, to ask the Lord, to bring you people and rest, arrest. And then also like, there are lots of moms that, that go through postpartum depression and anxiety. So like, if you don't feel like things are working, there's, there's so many resources and like so many people that understand exactly where you're going through. If you feel like things are working great, stop taking advice from other people because like all of these guidelines and expectations, unless it's about like the kid's safety and health, like, and their health, like if it works, it works. That's, that's all I gotta say. (laughs) Yeah. And not carrying those expectations into motherhood puts a lot less pressure on your marriage and your partnership as parents, you know? So I think that's really good to hear. I know a lot of new moms have all these ideas in their head of how they should act and all these books that they read, which that's a whole other podcast we could talk about. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's different. Every relationship is different. Um, Every child is different. So it's going to look different for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Haley, thank you so much for coming on. And like I said earlier, thank you so much for being vulnerable because that's what we want to do on this podcast is talk about the uncomfortable parts of life and um, bring them into the light. So I think, yeah, we definitely did that in this conversation and um, just, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 